What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook. And as always, we're talking about how to use digital marketing to grow your wellness business online. Now, this week, I've got a totally awesome guest on the podcast. Do I say that every week? (laughs) That's because I only have people on the podcast who I genuinely think are awesome, I guess. But this week, oh my gosh, I love this interview. I'm speaking with web strategist, Laura Husson, and we're talking about the subject of website shame. Now, come on, be honest. I know for a fact that a lot of you out there have website shame. That's that feeling where your website just isn't quite right. And if only you could fix it, then you'd put yourself out there in a bigger way. But because, you know, you're kind of uncomfortable with your website, you don't really want to hand out your business cards, you don't really want to promote yourself on social media, you certainly don't feel like you're ready to step it up and start sending out your email newsletter regularly and plan your online program that you've had in the back of your mind because you keep thinking, I'll do that when I fix my website. We're going to end that today because that is a huge time waster. So whether you don't have a website at all yet, in which case Laura's got some great tips for you about how you can get started finding clients even without a website, or if you have website shame, you are going to love Laura's tips and advice for how you can make your website more you this week. And it might be something that you're not expecting. It's not technical. You'll see. But before we get into that interview, I just want to give you a little update about what's been going on in my life because I just got back from this awesome new media conference called New Media Europe. And it took place over a weekend in Manchester, UK, and it was filled with podcasters and bloggers and other people involved in new media from all over Europe. It was so awesome. I really had a great time. And I came back feeling totally inspired to kick my business up to a whole new level and really play a bigger game. So watch this space. But the reason I'm mentioning this to you is because if you haven't gone to a conference for your industry, I highly recommend it. Now, not for the content, because you can get loads of good content for free, like on this podcast, for example, or on numerous other podcasts or through online training courses. The reason you want to go to a conference is for actual human connection. So I can't tell you how awesome it was to spend the weekend with people that just get what I do. Like we could talk about email lists and conversions and podcasting and microphones and like all of this stuff that is my daily world that nobody really in my normal life gets (laughs) because nobody's in that world. And that was just incredible. Plus the potential, like I was able to meet some of you out there listening. I was able to meet some of my previous podcast guests and I was able to meet future podcast guests and people that I'm looking at doing partnerships with because we all had that personal connection. We just hung out for the weekend. So stop hiding behind your computer. I know it's cheap to hide behind your computer and it's easy and it's not putting yourself out there. But really, I can't tell you enough that even though we're talking about digital marketing, 
and growing our businesses online, that doesn't mean there isn't still a human element. And there is because every person you meet online is a real person. And if you can get out and connect with them in person, you're going to see so much more results from that. And also, it's just a lot more fun. The other thing I was kicking myself about was that at New Media Europe, they had the UK Podcasting Awards, and they were giving out awards in every category. And silly me, and this is a situation that I'm sure you've come up against in your life. This summer, Helen from the Curious Handmade Podcast, which is an awesome knitting podcast, actually emailed me and said, hey, Amanda, have you seen these podcast awards? You should totally enter yourself. And me, because, you know, I was traveling this summer and I was just really heads down creating the incubator program, I just pretty much lost control of my email and just ignored that and didn't really pay attention to it. Well, fast forward to last weekend and Helen actually won the UK Podcasters Award for the hobbies and crafts category for her knitting podcast, which is totally awesome. And me, I got nothing because I didn't nominate myself. So I'm totally kicking myself about this. And, you know, it happens from time to time, but I'm determined that next year I'm going to win the best business podcast in the UK Podcasters Awards. So stay tuned for that because sometime next year, like in August, I'll be asking you to vote for me. (laughs) So I say that not because I want to build up some like fear of missing out because I know there can be a lot of anxiety if you're not taking advantage of every single opportunity, but it's just a fact of focusing down and not just letting your email get totally out of control, but actually like pulling out what's the important bits are and taking action on those. That's the lesson that I took away from this. When I'm traveling, don't just completely ignore my email. I still need to stay up on it because good opportunities could come in at any time. And the one last thing, in case I haven't mentioned it already, I just wanted to let you know that I created a brand new guide. And this is not for the beginners. This is for people that are more advanced. So if you've already got your website and your email list and you feel like you're doing a lot of marketing, but you're not getting any traction, you'll definitely want to go download my new missing piece guide which helps you find that missing piece in your online business. So what is keeping you from being successful with your online marketing and keeping you from being successful finding more clients through your website? You can download that guide. It's totally free. You can get it at wellpreneuronline.com slash missing piece. And of course, I'll link that up in the show notes, which will be available at wellpreneuronline.com slash 80. And even more conveniently, and I've heard a lot of you love this, so thank you for letting me know. If you just tap the picture of the Wellpreneur podcast on your phone, boom, it'll show you the show notes right there so you can click through and get the missing piece guide. Okay, so that's enough about me. I really want to start talking with Laura Husson about website shame because I think you're going to love it. So let's jump into the interview right now. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I was really looking forward to having you on the podcast because something that I hear several times every week is people saying, help me with my website or how do I create a website or I hate my website. There's a lot of website shame going around in the wellness community and jealousy about people that have amazing websites. So I wanted to have you on to just clear the air and give us some straight talk about how we can start to love our websites again. Absolutely. And it's something that we hear all the time too. And I can relate very clearly to it. (laughs) So Laura, start us off and just tell us a bit about you and what you do. Sure. So my company is Husson Media Limited. And my website is at laurahusson.com. 
And my team and I, we help entrepreneurs, largely actually in the wellness industry, look good online. In short, we do that with really smart website strategy, which leads into website design and really strong development. So we are everything that anybody could need for their online business presence. Awesome. So let's get started just with the basics. So what, in your opinion, makes up a really good website? What do people need to be thinking about? Well, I love talking about this. And I, <laughs> I've i recently been jumping head, head first into Periscope because I love the opportunity to engage with people live and answer these questions because it's something that people get bogged down in and blocked by all the time. So the most important thing, without a shadow of a doubt, above everything else is the copy. Because no matter how nice your website looks, no matter how clever it is, no matter what money you invest, unless your message is super clear and concise, which is actually the biggest challenge, then nothing else works. So we spend a lot of time making sure that we can prep our clients to make sure that the pages that we agree we're going to build for their website project have got the correct copy aimed at the correct audience all ready to go. That's actually really interesting that you said that because... That's something that doesn't rely on on the technology or mobile responsiveness or having the latest and most amazing photos. It's really like a core timeless business skill, copywriting. And it comes back to you have to know who your audience is. Right, exactly. And this is the first thing that we do when we work with a new client is that we have usually a 60 minute, sometimes it goes longer than that, a strategy call. And this is what makes our process unique is the fact that everything we do comes back to that, that initial strategy call. And if we go into the design process or we're doing something in development and it doesn't quite stem, it feels quite off, we'll go back to the notes from that strategy call and be like, you know, does this tie in? Are we supporting what we're doing? And we refer our clients back to it too. So what we do in that call as something that us as online entrepreneurs, we're encouraged to do this at every turn is to get to know our clients and to reconnect constantly on that mental low level with who we're speaking to, what we're trying to help them with and how we do that. So once you have that really super clear, the rest kind of falls into place. But often a big part of my job and my role in the process is to keep bringing the clients back to that. Because what happens is, especially as you mentioned with the website Envy, people will reference the big websites. They'll reference Chris Carr, Marie Forleo, Gabby Bernstein, all these people who they see their websites, they see the success that they're enjoying And they just want to emulate that. You know, they're like, okay, well, if we could have an opt-in that goes all the way across the page, it looks like this person's website, then we're going to have exactly what we need. And it's like, okay, we can do that. However, what we need to know is what you're going to say, what you're going to deliver when people opt in, how this fits into the strategy, because we can't just clone somebody else's website and make it work for everybody else's business. It's not how it works. It's about so much more than how the website looks. And the copy is the fundamental thing that we see people stumble with time and time again. One thing I find is that a lot of people just starting out don't even, they don't even actually know who their client is, or they don't even really know what they're doing. They're just kind of like, please, somebody pay me money. And then that will become my target audience. And I totally, I get that, you know, it's hard when you're starting out to know, to stick a, you know, put a line in the sand and say, this is my audience. But I think that, like you said, you can have this beautiful website, but if you're talking to a thousand different people all over the place with different language, it's not going to resonate. Even if you've got a website, just like Marie Forleo's. I'm I'm really glad you mentioned that. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And, th- and this is something, I mean, I can speak firsthand about this because we just relaunched the current website, as you see it now, was only just launched in January of this year. Prior to that website being in place, I had a very simple, lots of white space website that people loved. <laughs> and right up until the point that I went live with my new website, people were messaging me saying, oh, I love your website so much. We'd love to work with you. And it was making me kind of flip out a little bit thinking, oh, why have I gone all out on this flashy brand when people like the website so much as it is? But what happened is as soon as I flipped to the new website, oh my goodness, the laser focus that we had in attracting the right kind of clients was scary. And I was telling people this all the time. I was telling people like the more specific you can be with your language, the more focused the people are going to be that you attract and the more of a fit they're going to be. But I wasn't really, really fulfilling that myself. And as soon as I did that with my new website, the amount of time that went into copy, the photo shoot and the graphics and the branding and stuff was all part of the process. But the copy was the biggest challenge. And once I had that and I put that out there, the people that we've worked with since that new site went live are like, I seriously feel like I'm living the dream now. It's like I'm so working with the people who I created this business for. And I work with people who are really advanced in business. They've been in business a long time. And when it comes to overhauling their own websites, they're still scared to niche down and focus on speaking to that one channel of people. You know, they're really hesitant to do it. And people hide behind it too. You know, they'll say, well, I kind of have three people that I attract and they'll describe these three people in really great detail. And it's not until I I let them speak and explain it and and map it all out and I take lots of notes. And then usually nine times out of 10 in this scenario, I'm able to say to them, this person that was person one is also person two and person three. They're just at different stages in their journey. They might have moved on. They might have experienced different barriers or blocks or whatever it is that you're, you're solving for them. But they're the same person. They're just at different stages and is the scariest, hardest thing in the world when you are in business for yourself to jump 100% into focusing on that one person who needs your help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm nodding over here. And I'm sure everybody <laughs> in the audience is too, because it is, you feel like even though you know everything you've learned in marketing says just pick one person, mm-hmm. you do kind of feel like you're just cutting yourself off. And people that don't know about marketing will say, ooh, are you sure that's really smart to do that? You're cutting out all this audience and you just have to go for it. You just have to know who your ideal client is and go for it. You really do. Yeah. And you have to trust it as well. You have to trust that, especially if it gets easier as you work with more of them. And I really encourage people to profile their past customers who've been a perfect fit as deeply as they can, because the more they know those people and why they loved working with them too, the more they can attract more of those people. And also just having the confidence that they exist and that they're out there because they really are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The world's a big place and more people are coming on the online right. all the time. So, yeah. So, Laura, for people out there, I kind of want to start with the people that have a website but have website shame. Yeah. So, like, they're, you know, you just feel like your website isn't really you. Maybe it's like a free website you got from the school you went to or it's like just a little WordPress site you hacked together yourself and it's just not right. But I think there's a lot of hesitation out there about, wow, should I really spend the money and invest in doing like a full overhaul? Yeah. Or is there a way I can kind of make this work for me right yeah. now? So what are your thoughts for those people? Yeah, we 
are really lucky in that we've worked with a whole list of amazing people who've been in exactly those situations that you've just described. And lots of them are frustrated because what tends to happen is that we launch a website. It's generally ahead of where we're at in our business. Then our business catches up and then eventually overtakes the website. And the website then needs to, it's kind of like a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a leapfrog thing. And it's an evolving, ongoing process. There is never going to be a point where you have the website that is going to be the website that you will see out your business dates with, because we're always going to be evolving, enhancing, adding things. This is what we do as entrepreneurs. It's it's the nature of who we are and what we do. And the one thing that is really important to me when I speak to people is the fact that to identify the success in where they've got to. So rather than focusing, we use the term website shame a lot because we hear that. It, people don't describe it necessarily as website shame, but they're, they're in a scenario where they're networking or they've got the opportunity to hand out a business card or share a blog post and they don't want to do it because they don't want to funnel any traffic to their website. And that's devastating because they have amazing value to share and they're holding themselves back from doing that. So the one thing that we advise people, if they really have hit that place, where they do not want anybody else to see their website because of how it looks or anything, photos, whatever it is, branding, then one of the things that we can do when we work with people, and anybody can do this, is that instead of just sticking with that website until the new website is built, is we can just pull that website and put up a squeeze page that is really super focused, speaks to their ideal client, offers something of great value and allows them to demonstrate that who they are in their business It needs to be one page, simple squeeze page opt-in, and then it just takes the pressure off. And you find that once the pressure is taken off and that awful feeling of, oh my goodness, my website is so embarrassing, is gone, they can really concentrate on doing the work they need to do in order to decide where they need to go instead of just rushing ahead because they feel panicked and stressed that they need to fix fix the problem. That is awesome advice. So for everybody out there, just to reiterate, she's basically saying that if you have website shame, or I guess if you don't have a website yet at all, yeah. you can basically put up a landing page or squeeze page with an opt-in on it. Is that right? And then just send people there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's no reason why you can't have that up there. But I think not that long ago, there was a real strong belief that if we had something like that on a URL, it had to be really temporary. It could only be up there for a few days because otherwise people would get bored of looking at it, whatever. The reality is, that people don't want to spend all day, every day hanging out on your website, no matter how nice it is. So what we need is a place where we can refer people, whether it's on social media, whether it's when we do real life networking or inquiries, however it is, just to show people that we're, we are who we say we are, that we exist online and that we have a presence that expands beyond the world of social media. So if you're offering something that's really valuable and they can get really fast results from on that squeeze page, it can be as simple as literally telling them a picture of you, a little nutshell tagline that says what you do and how you help people and what your opt-in is, is more than enough to get you past that barrier. That's really interesting because I think the way people interact with websites has really changed like five years ago or something. I used to go to individual blogs every day and sit there and read all of their content or do it in RSS reader. I never do that anymore. Maybe it's because I'm more busy running my own business, but I think now we just rely on social media and we to curate for us and we kind of hop in and out of different links. We really, really do. Yeah. And we want to consume the web, but we want to do it really fast. And 
there's this statistic that floats around, and I even have it mentioned on my own website, that when somebody lands on your site, you have eight seconds to convert them from being a first-time visitor to being potentially a customer. And I don't even think that that's true, because if somebody clicks on your website, they, you may have eight seconds before they click off your website, but they actually decide much sooner than eight seconds whether they're ever going to take their relationship to a next level with you, whether it's buying or whether it's opting in or whether it's just to click somewhere else on your website. There's this instant trust, you know, the whole no light trust, triple threat uh, solution that really hits people, you know, and that's an instant impact thing. So first impressions really do count. And you don't need a whole website mapped out. And you certainly don't need every single thing you've ever done or ever want to do on one page in order to convert them. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess what you're saying is on this landing page or squeeze page, what you really need is a good offer and an opt-in so people can sign up for your email list, right? Because then you can still talk to people even if you don't have a website. Exactly, exactly. And I know lots of successful entrepreneurs who've used this strategy for way longer than they ever intended to because what happens is while they have those pages up, they build really strong relationships with people because although we get overwhelmed with our inboxes and there's lots going on. Email marketing is still the number one way to build your relationship with people. So the sole focus of whatever you're doing should always be to get the email address and to get the opt-in. And that's why this is such a great solution. So keep it super concise, be really, really targeted and you can change it. This is the beauty of a landing page is you can test something out for a week. And if it's not happening, nothing's happening. You can change it up and offer something else. But Just use that space to really get to know and feel confident in the direction that you're moving in. Cool. So what technology do you recommend for landing pages? Sure. So I'm a big fan of lead pages because they are so cleverly designed. The guys behind lead pages are expert marketers who've been in the industry for years and years. I love the fact that you can order They're templates by conversion rates. You can literally choose the highest converting template they have and apply that to your own URL. And it takes seconds. I mean, you can have a really nice looking landing page up and live within five, 10 minutes, even if you don't have any tech knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah, I use lead pages as well. And it's it's really good. I don't know. Do you know of any anything that's occasionally people ask me if there's ones that are lower cost or free options? Yeah. If you're using WordPress, there's some great plugins. We work exclusively in WordPress for our websites that we build for our clients. And there is a great plugin called Coming Soon by Seedprod. That plugin will allow you to just put a maintenance page up. You can design it any way you like. You could even pay a designer to do that for you if you wanted to do that. If there is a pro version of that plugin, which basically allows you to incorporate an email capture as well, and that will integrate with any mailing list provider. The other alternative is something called Optimize Press, and that's something we've used a lot in the past. I still use that on some of my own sites, and that also has templates inside. That's a, a $97 plugin, and it allows you it has a whole load of functionality, but one of the things that has in it is custom landing pages. Awesome. Cool. Thank you for those resources. And I'll link all of those up in the show notes, as usual, for everyone out there, so you can just click through and get those. So let's talk about before the call, we were actually just chatting a little bit and we talked about how there's a big fallacy that like social media is a website strategy. (laughs) (laughs) So can you talk about that a little bit? I love talking about this. (laughs) 
I speak to people, I would say, on a daily basis who tell me people who have big followings on social networks. We're talking thousands of people, very active presence on specific social media platforms. And when I go to look in their bio to see where their website is, they'll be linking to another social media website or they'll be linking to somebody else's something or other, or they might have an affiliate link, whatever it is. They've got something in that space, but they haven't got a link to their own website. And when I've asked these people about this directly, they've said, I have literally had one person who is very high profile say to me, I don't need a website. He said this publicly too, in front of all of his audience. I don't need a website. Social media is my website. And i I now get invited in anytime that he's um, talking about this. People go, get Laura in here. (laughs) She needs to come and talk to him again. Because the problem with social media being a website, yes, it's great. And yes, it has a massive, massive reach, huge, huge potential. And it's great to have a presence there. But without a website to back that up and without a place where you can invite people to give you their email address, you have your whole business in a third party's hands. Because if there was a change to the terms and conditions, if your account was frozen, if the whole platform got pulled overnight, which is totally possible, then you've lost everything. You have no way of contacting that audience. They're immediately lost. And we've worked with some clients, again, with really well-established Facebook pages and groups who've had their accounts frozen for any kind of reason, and they don't even need to give you any warning. And it leaves them very vulnerable unless they have an email list or a website or some other way of connecting with people. So social media as a website strategy is not a smart long-term move. It's a great thing to invest a time in if you do it strategically, but to put all your eggs in one basket and just say, I'm going to use social media to grow my business is a really short-sighted move. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the process of actually creating a website because I've personally kind of changed my opinion on how how I think people should approach websites now because I used to be fully in the DIY camp. Like I really, because I've done my own websites, I'm quite technical and there's themes like Headway that you can drag and drop in WordPress and like create whatever you want, right? However, after seeing a lot of wellpreneurs go through this, I'm really starting, and maybe it's because my business has grown and now I've got revenue flowing and it feels easier to outsource and pay for things. But like, oh my gosh, I just think it's, for a lot of people, it's not worth the time to try to do it yourself. You won't get a result that you're happy with. And so I'm really, obviously you do websites. So I guess you're a bit biased that way. But I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Because I know for some people, they can DIY a great website. But for a lot of people, I just feel like, It's just going to be a lot of stress and not getting what they want. Absolutely. And this is something that as our business has grown, we've supported at different levels too, because there is 100% a place for DIYing your website. When you start out, DIYing is brilliant. The great thing about somebody working as from our perspective with somebody who has DIYed their website is that they understand how WordPress works. They understand the pieces and the pages and how it all fits together. So it allows us to start from a really strong position. So that's great. You learn a lot when you DIY your website. However, having said that, there is a point where DIY just won't cut it anymore. And usually what happens is people get to a point where they are, they are seriously banging their heads against the wall. And they've just reached the peak of the amount of time they're willing to devote to that. And my advice in that department is very much the same as any other aspect of your business. 
if doing your website or doing anything else in your business is taking you away from the money-making activities in your business for significant parts of your working day, then it's definitely 100% smart to outsource it and to get somebody in who can do that in a snap of the time and 100% improvement on the end result because Mm -hmm. it leaves you then free to focus on what you do that will make you money. So Mm -hmm. I know that it's scary to invest when you're not quite at the place where you know, you've got all this kind of extra cash floating around that you can invest in somebody coming in and and giving you the help that you need. But there is a tipping point whereby investing your own time in it isn't a smart move anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said tipping point because I definitely feel like that's how it played out. Like there was this really scary moment of like, of just delegating anything, like hiring my first VA where you think, oh, I don't know if I can really justify it. And at some point you just have to do it. And then, oh my gosh, the the free time that it opens up for you to focus on revenue generating activities is just, and then it starts to snowball from there. But that first time, it's really scary. It is. It really is. But it's one of those things that it just always, always, always turns out to be, I wish I'd done this sooner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wish I'd done this six months ago. And the other thing that we find as well, and I'm not, I don't want to generate any kind of scare tactics with saying this, but the other thing we come across frequently are people saying, oh, well, I hired somebody to do my website and I invested X amount of dollars with them and it's been left in a mess or they've vanished or I haven't got the result I wanted or there was a miscommunication of some kind. And the important thing there for us, and and it's taken me a long time to understand where that problem was because I was like, surely our industry is not filled with these kind of dodgy web development teams you know surely it can't be that bad an industry that I'm in and what I'm realizing recently is the fact that it's simply a communication issue people who hire don't necessarily know what they need from that hiring process and web pros don't necessarily know how to educate people through the process so there's a bit of well there's a lot of legwork that can go into getting prepared and organized before ever hiring anybody so that you go into the process knowing that you're investing smartly. That is an awesome point because actually it goes for a lot of things, not just web development. There's a lot of smart people in the world that can Mm -hmm. implement whatever you want, whether that's copywriting, whether that's graphic design, whether that's websites, right? If you know clearly what you want and you've got the strategy, you can probably find someone to do it. But for so many people, especially about technology, They just, they don't have the strategy because they don't have the experience. And so if you just hire some cheap techie that you find on Upwork, he's just going to implement exactly what you tell him. Yeah. And that's not necessarily, there's no strategy behind it. So I'd love you to talk about, you know, if people are looking at at outsourcing their web design and web development because they're different things, do you have some tips around how to even find the right person and, and what things people should look for? Absolutely. This probably be a good point to mention my web prep school Mm. because I've built a whole training ground that's completely free for people to go and check out, which you can find at prep.laurahusson.com. And that walks you through in three main steps exactly what you should do in order to get organized before you even approach a professional. And then at the end of that process, you're much more knowledgeable and much more confident to go and have conversations. But my top, top thing outside of all of that, is if you are approaching somebody, firstly, get recommendations, because recommendations are king. 
if you can see somebody's website has been built by someone and they can tell you what it was like to work with them, that is worth gold. It's a really important part of the process. And secondly, when you inquire, I would be inquiring from a point of view that you want to have a conversation with this person because the first thing that we do when I receive a new inquiry from someone, my immediate reply is always, this sounds great. I'd love to know more. What's your availability to jump on a quick call to get to know each other a little bit? Because it's a very collaborative process. And I I think people sometimes underestimate that. And so it is an important, not just the technical skills that these people have, but also that it's a personality fit. They need to understand your business in order to be able to, especially if they're designing, they need to be able to understand who you're communicating with and how in order to be able to bring that to life for you. So if you can get them on a telephone call or even a Skype call or whatever it is, that's going to be the best way to decide. Just You'll know, you'll just know whether they're a fit or not or whether they're somebody to consider or not. Cool. So can you tell us a bit about, you know, shifting the tables a little bit, your web prep school opt-in and how that really helped your business. Yeah, that was crazy. And this is a it's a very recent development. I think it's only been up there for about three months. And what happened was it was when the light bulb moment where we had had yet another inquiry call where somebody said, you know, I've already spent X amount of thousand of dollars with a developer and I've got nowhere and I'm frustrated. And I was really banging my head because, you know, how am I as one business supposed to go out there and kind of felt like some kind of website superhero, (laughs) you know, like we want to rid the world of these terrible web pros that are everywhere. And the penny just dropped, as I said before, you know, that perhaps it's not necessarily that web pros aren't skilled or aren't good at what they're doing. And and they're not necessarily crooks or um, yeah, dodgy people, but it's just that the communication process is broken somewhere. So how my only way to, to fix that is to educate people in so that they can go through those steps and then go and have those conversations. So web prep school was something that I really didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew that I had information I could share with people to help prepare them for the hiring process or actually even just for going through the first DIY process because there's lots of people in web prep school who are DIYing their website and have said it's been super helpful. But what they'll find is that if their business takes off and they go on to then hire somebody they will be a dreamy client to work with because they'll know exactly what they need to do and what pieces of the jigsaw they need to have ready before they are ready to go into the web process. And we used to have this ourselves. We would take on a client and then they would go quiet for three or four months. <laughs> and we'd be like, uh, where's that client gone? And when we reach out to them, they're like, mm, we're, we're revisiting our copy and we're working with a business coach and we've kind of changed the direction of our business. And before we know it, we're in a situation where we're actually needing to requote for an entirely different project than how it first started out in our conversation. So it was in my interest too, to create something that was going to help people know, it's kind of like a self-assessment tool. You go through it, you know, which pieces, you know, you need to get, and then you can just decide when you're ready to get somebody else involved. So web prep school was like, okay, what are the steps that I walk people through all the time? And I mapped them out and then I recorded videos and then I built a little tiny micro site off the back of my site that just housed the videos and walked people through the process. And I put it out there as a, a little opt-in test. And oh my goodness, it went crazy. <laughs> it literally went crazy. I had like 150 people opt in in the first 24 hours. And they were shouting about it all over social media, literally like, oh my goodness, I've been through this process X amount of times. 
I've been stuck in this cycle of whatever. People were just so relieved to have a resource that was, because it's not, I'm not trying to sell anybody anything. It is literally a free training ground where people can prepare themselves for whatever's next in their website journey. And it's been ridiculous for me for list growth. It has really, really helped me connect with some people who I probably would never have been connected to before because I've now created a resource that not only helps them, but also introduces them to me as somebody who knows my topic. So it was a very, like I said, a light bulb moment. It was created very quickly. And I have full intentions of overhauling and upgrading it. But for now, it's working really well. So while it's not broke, I'm definitely not fixing it. Awesome. And I think what I love to do is like look at the underlying marketing principles behind all of this. So everybody that's out there listening, I hope you see that what Laura did is basically create, she was saying, what do people need to know before they come to work with me to be my ideal client? And she's actually created an opt-in for those people. And I know for so many of you, like I've talked to several health coaches that are like, I don't want to work with total beginners. I want to work with people that already are doing the basics of healthy eating and then they want to go further. Okay. I mean, that's the same situation Laura was in, but different industry, right? And so you just want to create a product or a free thing for those people before they work with you. So I love that, Laura. That's like, it's so clever because you're still meeting people's needs. Yeah. But even though they're not ready to pay you for something yet and it's building your reputation. Yes, it's been amazing. And it was very, I stumbled into it completely by good fortune, (laughs) by just listening to what people were saying. And it's been really smart, because one of the things I have on my inquiry forms is I always ask people to say where they heard about me. And lots of the ones that are coming through now that has been going for a few months are all saying web prep school. So I can see that although it wasn't immediate in terms of, oh, people went through web prep school, and then they wanted to hire They have gone through web prep school. They've done what they wanted to do. And I think it's going to be a long-term thing for people. So it's definitely key to building long-term relationships. Awesome. Okay. And the thing I like to always ask at the end is if you have any like book recommendations or tool recommendations that you're totally loving right now to recommend for other wellpreneurs. Oh, wow. Um, What am I into right now? Well, I'm totally into Periscope right now as my newest favorite social media addiction. I'm finding the relationships that I'm building there are so fast. They're really authentic. And what I'm finding is the people who inquire, who met me on Periscope, are already sold on my services because they feel like they've already hung out with me. So it's been a huge change and shift in how people access who I am. It's reaching a whole new audience of people. And it's really exciting. So I'm really into Periscope. That's one of my favorite things at the moment. And then the other the book that I'm reading at the moment is called The Automatic Customer. And I can't remember the author of it. It's out of out of sight at the moment, but The Automatic Customer. And it's all about the value of the membership economy and how being able to offer services and products and different bits and pieces on a recurring basis is changing the economy as we know it. And um, it's been a real kind of eye opener for me, even looking at things that I didn't even realize were membership or subscription based. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm a customer of loads of these things and I didn't even realize it. So it's been a real good mind shift book for me. Cool. Thank you so much. So Laura, I'll put the links to your site and then also to your web prep school, prep.laurahusson.com in the show notes so everyone can go there. Where else can people find you? I guess on Periscope. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I am at Totally Laura on Periscope. 
And that's the same as my Twitter name too. So yeah, if you come to my say hello page on my website, you'll find all the links to all my social profiles and you'll be able to find me from there. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this interview with me and Laura Husson talking about how you can eliminate website shame in your business. You can find all the links to everything we talk about, including Laura's web prep school in the show notes, which you can get if you just tap the picture of the podcast and they'll link there right from your phone, or you can go to wellpreneuronline.com slash 80. Thanks so much for joining me this week. I'm sending you tons of good vibes for loads of success in your wellness business this week. And I'll see you back here in the next episode. Bye.